Derek and Steve present You heard it here second Welcome to episode 165 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek and I am Steve. And Steve, it is spooky season. How's it yes. going? It's finally begun. It's finally begun. I actually love spooky season, Derek. Yeah. I think you knew that about me. Um, yeah, I think I were, yeah, we had a similar conversation last year. In yeah, this and time I vividly year. remember yeah. you not having a Halloween costume. Yeah, that's and true. It and that is me quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and is, I assume you don't have one this case. year. That is still the case, That's but we terrible. got 21 days. We got 21 days. I mean, how do you not bit, know what you're going to be? Last time right it now. was like, last time it was like, you know, well, well, last year I wasn't anything, but I will say that, you know, during the, it's much less COVID-y this time around. True. So like, I, That's I think that, that I will have less of an excuse to pick nothing. So I got 21 I days. I got nothing, but do you have something lined up? What, what do you, I do, of do. and yeah. I don't want to give it away. It's very, it's okay. Okay. It's going to be a very popular one this year. I'll, I will tell you because everyone's going to be it, but. Yeah. Uh, Targaryen. We're just going to get blonde wigs oh, and right. like wear a robe nice. and like, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's like a little it. Game of Thrones like action. It. Seems yeah. simple, but like very relevant. But so. it's back. It's cu- yeah, it's culturally relevant. Yeah. Again, right. you know, it's, it, it would have been good, you know, five years ago and now it's, now you've, you're back in a time when it's relevant again. So right. that's a good pick. I like um, it. Yeah. So welcome to spooky season. This is not our spooky yep. podcast, however. No, no, no. Sometimes we have a spooky version. This is not that. Yep. We're too yep. far away. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's it. Spooky season is only begun because it's a good season and it can begin early. You know, like that, like it's not, you know, we're not like really into like Halloween time yet, but spooky season gets an extension because everyone loves spooky season, you know? Everyone loves it. So, exactly. Um, Well, I got a few things before we start. One shout out and one random fact. So first I'd like to shout out Trip Barlow, if you're listening. Um, See you tomorrow, which is actually tonight if it's Tuesday. (laughs) Um, my mentor at the Cheatwood Inn of Court, I have joined a, an Inn of Court, uh, for lawyers basically means just like a little networking event. Um, you kind of go once a quarter, once every, once a month, see the same people, uh, get some legal credits and he's my mentor. Great guy. And he said he'd be listening. So shout out Trip Barlow. There you go. Thanks for listening, Trip. Um, also Derek. This is completely random, but I heard this fact yeah. and it kind of blew my mind and I needed to get right. it on this podcast somehow. Derek. Yes. Scientists finally estimated the total number of ants on Earth. That's impressive. How many, how many ants per person do you think exist on Earth? Wow. Okay. Um, so let me give you how many people are on Earth. Yes. Let's the get, let's number. get the up to date count. Up to the minute. The world population clock is at 7.98 billion people. 7.98 billion. You heard it here first. That is you up to the first. minute. Up to the minute. World, world okay, so population. 8 billion clock. people. 8 billion people. 8 billion people, which is crazy because like I feel like the number 6 billion has been in my head for 20 years since yeah, we were in school and right? like now it's well, 8 billion. So. And doesn't McDonald's hasn't McDonald's served like 3 billion or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I don't know. 8 so okay, so 8 billion people in the world. How yes. many Ants per person exist. If this, if this number blew your mind, then I'm gonna. It's definitely it not. Do you think it's in a small fashion? It blew. You think your it's mind. So half I, an ant per person? Like there's less ants per people? That would blow no, your mind. No, that would blow my mind. That's true, but I have a feeling that's not. I have a feeling that's not it. I'm gonna guess that there are 
geez, I mean, every time you see like a, a pile of ants, it's got to be like a hundred of them. I mean, I'm going to guess that there's about, about 1200 ants per person. Derek. That's my, that's my guess. Final 12. So 12, 1,200. <laughs> 1,200. Per person. There are 2.5 million ants per person. Per person? Per person. What? 2.5 okay. million ants Two? for every human being on earth. That's 20 quadrillion ants. Yeah. That's 20 with 15 zeros after it. Yeah. Two, Two to point, the 16th power. 2.5 million ants per human per being derek where, where 2. are 5, they all? i don't know that's the scary part where are they 2.5 million imagine seeing 2.5 million ants seeing yeah uh, Ima- ima- like at once and now granted of course you can't see them at once but if you consider that all the people are dispersed around the around the planet then you'd think that the ants are as well in some ways right if you and five of your buddies walked into a field like you should see, yeah, you know, fifteen million ants in that field. <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, they're obviously underground, but there's got to yeah. be a place where a lot of them are. You know, it's right. like we're we're living yeah. in the city. You know, I see an ant pile right. every now and then, and it's got twelve hundred or so yeah, ants, right, lot. Derek? Yeah, yeah, a lot. But obviously, I undersold it. So yeah, wow. So that that begs the question: Could ants destroy the human race? Like, could could we lose a war to ants? Probably. Possible. How do you stop ants? Right. Right. If they, like, if they, yeah. Like fire, you two, can set up fire, but like the 2.5 million just two and a half million to one. Right. Outnumbered? And they go in cracks and stuff. You can't even like, you're not even safe in your own home and get in anywhere. Yeah. yeah. If they could actually work as a cohesive unit, have teamwork. Yeah. Like on, <laughs> sure. on that, on, on the 2.5 million scale, yeah. you know, and aren't not, they like, not like, aren't yeah. they like, Stronger, they're like twenty times stronger than they should be, right? They're yeah, like, we, they can we lift twenty times their body. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 they, they definitely, we cannot afford for them to evolve further. Ants are so. an uber predator, and we are just yeah. living like they're yeah. like they're nothing. So yeah, wow. So what, be careful. What is their lifespan? Do you think? That's a what, good like, question. Do we know what an ant's lifespan is? I can look that up really quick. This and this podcast is not about ants, everyone. We just, <laughs> <laughs> I just saw this fact and had to get it on here. Ants lifespan. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it could be an ants. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, so less than a year. So black garden than, ant so, is one to two. Okay. Pharaoh ant is four to four to twelve months. So I mean, you know, I think it start to start start to raise the alarm a little bit here. Like we're outnumbered two and a half million to one. Yeah. And we're talking about a lifespan of one year. Like so, th- this evolution is happening. So so. What's True. a human lifespan? Like 65, maybe? I don't know what the average life Whatever, expectancy yeah. is now. 70 or so. So we're talking about like a 60-ish times faster evolution that ants theoretically have, and they outnumber us two and a half million to one. Dude, I'm so, telling you, I'm team ants. If they if they come above ground organized, I'm all hail the queen, man. Let's. I'm yeah. on team ants. I, I'm I, heading I, over to the sports book <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. I'm putting money on the ants. Um uh. So, all right. So there you go. Wow. That yeah. is a mind blowing. That's a mind blowing fact. So that was throwback to when we used to have opening drives. Remember that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> just an opening topic that's just like, opening hey, we, episode hasn't started yet. We're just going to, we're going to warm the waters up a little bit here. So that is something that people probably heard here first. So it's not that's in the spirit true. of the podcast right. to give new information, but here you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Maybe that'll be a spinoff podcast. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Actual news. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, got a pretty normal episode beyond the ant talk. Um, we got sports coming up in, I'm going to call them quarters again because that's just coming back to me at this point. You know, mm-hmm. first quarter, sports. Uh, then we got the DMs in the second quarter, bunch of topics in the third, and fourth quarter is the final drive. Like, that's when mm-hmm. the final drive happens now is the fourth quarter. So, mm. uh, nice. anything else before we before we get started? No. I'm all all right. hail the queen ant. All hail the ants, and let's get into sports. The Monster Jam! All righty, so... In the world of sports, we got a couple. Uh, basically, we got uh, baseball playoffs and then a couple of football thoughts. Not a not a huge sports section today. Um, MLB playoffs. Steve, I'll let you kick it off. Your team was in the dance, although not for very long. My team didn't yeah. even make it there. Um, what's your initial thoughts on? You know, I didn't really catch much of it, but the Rays wildcard series and in general what you've seen so far from the baseball playoffs. Right. So I'm going to give you general. I don't want to go through every matchup. I will say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Baseball still got a problem. The the Rays kind of petered out at the end of the season, lost seven in a row to lose it all. But the wild card games are three games in a row. All at the higher seeds home field. Yeah. All three. So yep. rather than one two one one one, you know, it should be if if the Guardians versus the Rays, if the Guardians are the higher seed, better seed, mm-hmm. they get home and then we go to the the trop in Tampa, and then we go back mm-hmm. for the third game. That's how it should yep. be. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, the wildcard games are all three at the higher seed. Um, right. And and home field means a lot in especially playoff baseball. So that's a strange thing, I think. They I mean, uh, baseball is the only sport, as far as I know, as far as, far as I, it comes to mind, is the only sport that being at home actually has a logistical difference and advantage in the game. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you bat last. Like, yeah. like every other sport, home field is like, oh, is the crowd loud? Like, are the players rattled by the crowd? Like, that's the, those are the questions you ask in, in sports right. for home field, right? And, and to be honest, you rarely actually hear baseball cited as one of the ones that has a big home field advantage for whatever reason. Like, people's mind instantly, for me anyway, it goes to like hockey, right? Like with yeah. like the, the 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 arena that's like very very loud and like energized and, and every big smaller, hit the crowd explodes, closer, yeah. you know. And you know basketball with like those eras of Golden State basketball where it's like the crowd was going so nuts that you knew that a shot was going in, like it was just period, yeah. right? But baseball is the only one that actually has a like the way the game is played is different. Right. Like you're you, at home, you get to bat last. Yes, like, you have a rules advantage. You, would, you yeah, have an advantage in the rules. Advantage. Yes, yes. Right. It's like winning the coin yes. flip in overtime in football. It's yes, like exactly. yes, you it's now have like a better that. chance to win. Yeah. yeah, or or if in football you got to decide like the ball like just straight up without a coin toss, not right. even overtime, but just like in every half or something. Like so, you know, when it comes to that, I you know, we've talked before about baseball's problem because they. They had an, originally the problem that not enough teams made the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And then they had the problem that, okay, among those teams that do make it, five-game series is too short, right? And that or hasn't been changed plan, yet. Remember? Or the one-game yeah. plan they did those for like nightmares. seven years. Yeah. And, and, you know, now, even after all this, you go to the ALDS, NLDS, those are still five-game series. You don't get a seven-game series until the ALCS, right? Or until the championship series. And so, you know, I don't think that they really solved their problem. Like, they... They got themselves closer to football. I'll say that. Like this mm-hmm. bracket for baseball is much closer to football now because you've got two teams in each league that get a bye, which yeah. like you've you never had that in baseball, right? And, and their way, the way that I read, like the I kind of went back and looked at it when they announced this this new bracket and format. Like they kind of cited 
not wanting to put a disadvantage on the top seeds to have to wait too long. Right. Yeah. And it's what the like, heck? You mean you get that, to rest that's your what pitchers? We've come to? Like, like yeah. we, we, like we're so worried that the team's going to have that, that this, that the, you know, hundred whatever win Los Angeles Dodgers are so fragile <laughs> that they yeah. can't have five days off, like before playing a playoff series. Like that's not really like, I understand this, this, the concept, but it feels like it's overboard to now go all the way to say like, okay, you're a team that, you know, won your division, right? Like, I mean, in the case of, or no, I, I guess no division winner would have to go on the road for three, but like these teams are good teams that finished the season with good records and they just have to go play a three game set all on the road. Like it, right. it doesn't match up, you know? No. And so I, I do think it's still a problem. Yeah. So that's my initial thought. It was weird. The re- I mean, the Rays didn't deserve to be in it. They got crushed. They would have got crushed at home either way. Um, yeah. But I think it's future something to change. So mm-hmm. here are our matchups. I think they're actually pretty good matchups. I'll run through them. We'll n- we're not going to go through each one, but it's Yankees, Guardians, um, Seattle Mariners, Houston Astros, Philadelphia Phillies versus Atlanta Braves, and then my personal favorite, San Diego Padres, Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. So of those four, Derek, which one are you looking forward to? And then why and then pick your uh, MLB winner for the season. Um, so I'm looking, I would say looking forward to the Padres Dodgers as well. The most, I, I think that um, the Padres strike me as being kind of a tie with the Mariners as far as like the most neutrally likable team, yes. like the team that most neutral fans are rooting for slam like Diego. Most, yeah. Yeah. Most people are rooting for probably Mariners and Padres like in the world series. So, right. Yes. Cause people always want the new, like, the new matchup, the people that the, the team that hasn't made it. I mean, the Mariners haven't made the playoffs in like a long, long time. Yeah, right? I think like, they had the longest like twenty years or so. Like a long, in all time. four sports. I remember yeah. that was one of those like super surprising stats. That was like, which team among every league is like the most incompetent for making the playoffs? And it was the Mariners, which like they don't strike you as like an absolute dumpster fire team. Like, but uh, so oh, interesting. You know, Listen to this. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, go go um, for it. The Mariners are the only team in MLB history never to have appeared in the World Series. Oh wow! The only wow. team. So not only, yeah, not only had they not made the playoffs in that long, yeah. but they haven't made. They've never made it to the World Series, and well. they hadn't made the playoffs they, in twenty-one years. And and they have the most wins ever, right? Their record still hasn't been broken, right? They have they have the single season wins record, I think. The Seattle Mariners, unless someone oh, broke maybe. it, I, I don't, I don't remember. But the the I think whatever year they won one hundred sixteen games, they didn't they didn't make the World Series though. But anyway. Uh, I'm with you. I think the Padres and Dodgers uh, is the best series. Um, I have some, you know, kind of probably biased intrigue in the Indians and the Yankees with kind of Terry Francona, uh, you know, managing the Indians going against Mm -hmm. the Yankees. He's got history from when he was with the Red Sox against them. Um, So, you know, and then Mariners Astros is also kind of has some intrigue because of that Mariners element and the Astros being the villain, right? That people don't want to win. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm going to go. Let me think here. It's, I'm, I'm going to pick between the, those two, between the Mariners and Padres. I'm going to go with the Mariners to win the World Series. Nice. I love yeah. that. That's not going to happen, but I love your confidence. <laughs> um, I'm interested in this San Diego Padres, Los Angeles Dodgers, because A, these two teams hate each other. They're both in California. It's yep. a cool like interstate rival. They're both mm-hmm. very, very good baseball teams, a lot of good personalities, but I'm not going to get to watch a single game. Because they're going to be at nine <laughs> yeah. o'clock, all all yeah. three. You know, it's it's yeah. The the West Coast games are are so late, mm-hmm. and I just can't stay up for baseball. Yeah. I just won't. It, my brain won't allow me to do it. Yeah. Um, I am 
more pessimistic than you are, Derek. I'm going to pick the Dodgers to win the World Series <laughs> because yeah. they suck and baseball hasn't figured out uh, uh, yep. a um, salary cap yet. So yeah, way, the way team that spends parody. the most money typically yeah. wins. Yeah. Um, the Braves are an outlier, so maybe they'll win again. I would love to see yeah. the Padres or the, the Mariners pull it off, but mm-hmm. as a Rays fan who has to scrape by to make the playoffs <laughs> with the 30th highest payroll, watch yeah. the Yankees make it again with the second highest payroll. It, just, it pisses me off, and so I, whenever the Rays aren't in it, I root for the team that just everyone hates, that will basically break baseball. Like If the, if the Dodgers keep winning just because yeah. they spend the most, like right. people won't want to watch it. So Yeah. It's a bad thing to root for, but that's where we no, are. With it's baseball. true. It's true. And I mean, the, 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 the part that kind of hurts the most, right? What hurts the most is that if you get Yankees Dodgers in the world series, it'll probably be the the most watched world series since yes. Red Sox Dodgers. Oh, totally. you know? and, and so like, I understand your sentiment and, and it, what sucks is that it doesn't work that way. You know, yeah, like, right. cause like, yeah, like, like you want to believe that like, oh, the Dodgers just roll the world series again and win. Like people will stop watching. And the truth is that most fans will stop watching, but when it matters, like those yeah. markets being there is actually what makes them the money, right? Yeah, I haven't, well, looked, at, wonder, I haven't looked at it. You're right. Yeah, the, the, you're right. If it's if it's Yankees Dodgers, it will be the most highest watched World Series probably of all time. But yeah. then the next season, uh, baseball will wonder why uh, yeah. viewership is dropping across the board. Right. It's because you're not right. catering to 28 teams. Yeah. You know, you're right. not allowing 28 right. teams to participate. You're just, and especially with such a long drawn out season, like, yeah, if you, if you know, you have no chance in July, what's going to make you watch for three more months, you know, it's It's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Mm. it's true that, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there is no sport with with a worse parody problem. And that isn't to say that nobody can win. It's to say that nobody has any faith that they will at the beginning of the season. And by halfway through the season, at least two thirds of the league is certain they are not going to win. But like, and so, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a bad problem they have, but so anyway, there you go. There's, there you go. That's baseball. There's hope, hoping we get Mariners Padres and likely getting Yankees Dodgers. Dodgers. So, um, so there's baseball, um, moving to football, which does have great parody and actually only sports currently one undefeated team across the entire league, I believe. Uh, which is the Philadelphia Eagles, and right. so not a team that most people thought. Um, so just along that line, NFL surprises through five weeks. Um, what's jumped at you? Jumped out at you so far? Things that um, caught you by surprise, notable to you? Things that you've kind of had your eye on? I've got uh, two things on this for me for NFL surprises through five yep. weeks. One is um, the Rams being so bad. Yeah, I, yeah. The Rams are a good football team, well coached. Um, they didn't lose too much. I know they've got some offensive line problems, but I don't know what the regression is. And maybe they're just on a Super Bowl hangover or something. But mm-hmm. I did not see them being this bad, especially their offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I don't know what to attribute it to. And I'm not going to guess. I'm just going to be happy yeah. that the Bucks are probably not going to lose the Rams again in the playoffs because right. <laughs> yeah. they're not right. going to make the playoffs <laughs> at this rate. Um, my second surprise is, and for a different reason, is the Cowboys at four and one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the Cowboys got demolished by the Bucks in week one um, and Dak Prescott got hurt. Yep. So in steps Cooper Rush, who no one's heard of before, just back up to a highly paid Dak Prescott. 
yeah. um, highly touted Dak Prescott. So everyone's kind of writing the season off. And Cooper Rush has won one, two, three, four, four games in a row against yeah. the Bengals, the Giants, the Commanders, and the Rams. So two good teams. And the Giants are actually pretty good, too. Gi- this yeah, year. Giants, one of so the So three good teams. Yeah. Um, and I think the surprise for me is not that the Giants are winning with Cooper Rush. I think that I'm surprised and Cowboys fans are surprised that they're winning without Dak Prescott. So I think yeah. they've put this kind of, and same with um, Zeke Elliott, that the Cowboys just like, yeah. for whatever reason, hitched their their ride to to Elliott and Dak. And I get it. You've so got good young core yeah. and like, Guys, look at Joe Burrow. Like people have great years and then fall off, and great years and fall off, and you know it's it ebbs and flows. But yeah, Dak Prescott had one good year. Zeke Elliott had one or two good years, and then it's like, oh my god, we have two. We have a top five quarterback, top five running back. We're set. Let's build around mm-hmm. them, full steam ahead. And I get it. You have to make that decision at some point. But yeah, I never thought Dak Prescott was that good. Yeah. Zeke Elliott's pretty good, but not like. I don't know. He's, he's showing he's not like a, a he's top like, three running yeah. back. You know, he he might not be the best running back on the team this year. Right. Like like Tony Pollard's taking snaps from him left and right, and it looks great in those snaps. You know, and yeah, I, I just think sometimes, and it's going to be good for the Cowboys. I think long term is you got to you have to be forced out of your like perspective that mm-hmm. our team's great. We just need a few pieces. No, you need to sh- the 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 core piece that you need to win the Super Bowl, which is a quarterback is not good enough. So yeah. fix it up. I don't think Cooper Rush is good enough, but Dak was doing something that wasn't working for your team. So that's a long-winded way of talking about the Cowboys. I don't really like to talk about the Cowboys, but <laughs> yeah. I think I mean, yeah, Dak yeah. Prescott going down should surprise, shouldn't surprise Cowboys like, oh, wow, we gave someone else a chance and we're yeah. not terrible. Yeah. It, you know, the um, it, it makes you kind of, the Cowboys almost have this curse of like falling in love with like just below like uh, right. the level of quarterback, like Tony Romo for so many years. Right. Right. Same it's idea. Like Tony Romo is a lot like Dak Prescott in that way. Not like stylistically, but you know, this guy's going to get you to the playoffs every year. Like you're going to be <laughs> on the doorstep or in the playoffs every year, but you, you know, there are other, you know, the grass can be greener sometimes. Right. And again, I am not like jumping all the way to the like, Oh yeah, just cut Dak Prescott and like Cooper Rush is the guy. No, but I, I, your point being like the Cowboys haven't seen this all fall apart without Dak. So it's like right. that kind of puts into perspective that Dak is not the person shouldering this entire franchise and keeping right. them from from the dumps of the league. You know, like like he's just a just a, you know, an average quarterback, like from what right. it looks like. Right. And so, you know, I like Dak Prescott. I think that it, it'll be really interesting to see what happens when he comes back, because that, you know, Jerry Jones and like that, they're all insisting that. You know, Dak is still the quarterback. Sure, and that you, you it's just to. great that it's great that you even ha- get to have the conversation, and because of how well Cooper Rush has played, and that's great. But you know, will be very interesting to see what happens if they lose. You know, the first game Dak comes back, or the you know two out of the first three. It's like, what happens from there? Like the eye test can tell you all it wants that Dak is better, but what if Cooper Rush is the one that wins and Dak right. isn't right? And it's like, you know, I, I, I hate to I hate to bring up like. I'm going to very briefly bring up BC football for a second, oh, just just, yeah. just as a comparison. Perfect. But there's so much that goes on with the quarterback that you might not see. It's not about how strong his arm is or how well he can run when he escapes the pocket. Like, And you know this if you've been watching BC this year, like Phil Dracovic for BC, he's been lost. He's been on another planet 
back there. Right. And sure, there's re- there's other things. There's an offensive line and stuff like that. But the quarterback's job is to process the field and make the right decision. Like that's his job. Like, and so we look, like, you know, we both have watched Tom Brady quite a bit, right? Tom Brady's not winning any races with anyone. He's not throwing the ball as hard as Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Aaron Rodgers. It's never been that way in his career. He's the most brilliant field processor like ever him and Peyton Manning, you know, like when it comes to that part of the game, I just think sometimes, you know, Dak looks like a better quarterback than these people, but what are the plays you don't see from the TV broadcast that he's missing or, or the play that he leaves on the table? Right. It's stuff like that, that seems to be showing itself. Right. Cause these plays are not going disastrously now for them without him. So yeah, uh, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how that goes yeah. when he's back, but yeah, I mean, the, um, I think you're right. The eye test, you know, yeah. same with the combine, you know, you oh someone ran a yeah. four, three forty instead of four, two, nine, 40, right. Guess they're dropping five slots in the draft. Like, no, how yeah. right. well, watch them play football and are they, <laughs> yeah, are they right. better than the other guy? <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you get too, right. too lost in the, the yeah, stats. They're, yeah. They're this very guy's won select- four games in a row in the NFL. That's hard to do. Yeah. There are very select times when things like that, like, you know, if you're looking for someone to be like a gunner on your punt team, then yeah, like, okay, fine, <laughs> yeah, right. look at his 40 time only. But right. like, there's not a lot of things where, where those things are always over, over, overvalued, I think. Um, anything else on the Cowboys before you no. squeeze in a couple? Yeah. So the the other thing kind of led off the, the talk with it, but um, the, the main surprise I'll, I'll point to is Philadelphia. I mean, yeah, the. I love Jalen Hurts. Like, I, like I, I've loved this guy since he was in college. I wanted the Patriots to draft him. Like when he was when he was in that draft, um, I think he's just a winner. Like I've always thought that. And you know, the big knock on him was whether he could become an NFL passer. Right? He's a really good runner. He's durable. He's he's got the body. Unlike some of these quarterbacks who try to run and get hurt. Right? Like um, Jalen Hurts doesn't have that kind of fragile, like injury prone build. Right? He, he's pretty right. pretty pretty built to be able to withstand contact and now he's passing the ball really well. And this team is, is kind of rolling and it's one of those, you're almost wondering when the Eagles will fall apart. Right. Cause like the Eagles don't do this. They don't like yeah. just roll to being like undefeated. You know, it's not right. the way they are, but it's not in their DNA. Correct. But it's, but you know, people like Jalen hurts maybe are the leaders that, you know, that franchise needs to turn things around. So I, I'm very interested to see if they continue it. Um, they're in a division right now of overperformers, like, across the board, right? We just yeah. talked about Dallas four and one, the giants four and one, the Eagles five and oh, I mean, that's the biggest surprise by far in the league. I would yeah. say this year is that division and the way they're performing. So we'll see if they keep that going, but that'll be interesting. I, I think Eagles are uh, probably my number one surprise pick uh, of the season so far. Mm. So, and the last surprise we have to talk about it, Derek, you, gotta, you know, gotta we talk do, about it. we don't gotta want to, but it. we have to. Yep. We're Tom obligated. Brady and Giselle Bunchen. Yep. Is that how you say her name? Uh, I believe so. I believe that's correct. Bunchen, yeah. yeah. Giselle, Bun- yeah. Giselle Bunchen. I think the way you said it, it's kind of making, yeah, Bunchen. Um, um, just, we have to talk about it. I don't really want to, but give me your give me your initial read of yeah. this Tom Brady divorce drama. I mean, so, again, any conversation like this, you got to really, like, there's so much irresponsible, like, you know, speculation and, totally. like, you know, judgment going on, you know. Um, we didn't talk about this at all on the podcast and we won't today, maybe at a future time, but it reminds me also of like the, the whole Ime Udoka thing. I, we, I, I'm actually shocked we didn't talk about that at all, but kind of slipped in the cracks between there was a lot of speculation, irresponsible things being thrown around on the internet about what was happening in that situation. Right. right. And you know, the same kind of thing happens here, right? It's, it, it's someone in the public sphere 
who obviously, you know, Brady and Giselle are way beyond being in the public sphere. They like are the public sphere when it comes right. to sports and this intersection of like pop culture and sports. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you obviously want to reserve judgment a little bit, but here's what I'll say is, you know, we talked right away in the, in the winter or the, or the early spring about the strangeness of Brady's retirement, right? Like that yes. was one thing that was like, okay, that is weird. And it does beg the question, right? So I think we came away and concluded like, yeah, there's no chance. At least I think we both agreed on this. There's no way that he retired with conviction. Like there's no way that he oh, really yeah. like was like, I'm done. And then actually genuinely changed his mind. Right? The like, whole thing was off from the beginning. It was, yes. And it's still off. Yeah, it's right. Exactly. And so then it begs the question, right? Okay. So we can go forward on this theory that Brady was never genuinely retired, right? Did his family know that? Like, or, or, or was, or was it portrayed to his family that he was retiring and like, were all those cards so close to the vest that they didn't know either. Right. Because yeah. that, you know, that would, that could start the ripple effect of like where this, you know, kind of ended where it is now to kind of summarize and bring my whole point to, you know, a, a brief summary of it is that, you know, I think that the people that are online saying things like, you know, that this is Brady's fault, like, cause Brady, you know, Brady's been, Giselle's taken a backseat for so long in her career with Brady and it's like now and you know Brady should you know retire and respect her pursuit of, of stuff you know my view on that is like I don't think that Brady is obligated to do any of that but <laughs> that might have an impact on his family right if, if that was right. like if they discussed that and it was like if he agreed he was going to retire at a reasonable 42 43 and now <laughs> yeah. he's not well then yeah that might be the consequences I don't think that he's obligated to retire but I also don't think that it's like you know is you know the, the you know that might just be a consequence of what's happening. So it's it's hard to speculate on it. Obviously, we we don't know what's going on. But for me, it's like that's kind of where I fall on. It's like yeah, this is might maybe what happened, but it's really his prerogative, right? Yeah, I I agree. I, I'm also on team like unless there's a wrongdoing, like like an objective wrongdoing, like he cheated or she cheated or like I don't know, they're they're abusing their children. Unless there's like a really moral wrong. Yeah leave them alone. Like they're just people having marital troubles. You know, at this point yeah. they're just like, it seems like Brady, like Giselle wants Brady home and Brady wants to be playing football. Like that seems to be the issue and that's their business. Like I get it. It's juicy. It's yeah. interesting, but I don't know. All like, yeah. this is not one of those like TMZ blown up, like Brady Giselle, like front page new, like, yeah, like they're going towards a divorce and they have children. Like, awesome, sick. Yeah, like, it, just that's that's the way it is. Like that, the, right. whatever gets the clicks, you know. It's right. It's, so it's it's so. and I agree. It it feels like it stems from a long time ago. Like Brady's been in a weird space, honestly, since the end of last season. Like I feel yeah. like he was at an all time high his first year in Tampa. Second mm-hmm. year played well, and then as soon as that, as soon as he like almost retired, he's just been on and off signing deals, like yeah. retiring, unretiring. Uh, he's, he's just yeah, he's been it's in a, a weird little, space, and now it all kind of yeah. makes sense. So yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we'll get more detail. I don't know if I want more detail. I just want Tom Brady to be yeah. a good football player, and him and Giselle <laughs> and their family to be fine. Like I don't. Uh, yeah. This yeah. is not a like right or wrong situation. It's like a ugh, right. just let yeah. him move on. Exactly. So we'll see if it outgrows the news cycle and eventually kind of t- takes a backseat to other stuff. But I guess that's the way it's the way that type of news goes. Right. Until something else supplants it like of that variety, not like a 
not like a great crazy overtime game, like something that is like juicy for the, you know, the gossip sites, like until something does that, then it's going to float around there. Right. You know, it's kind of the way it goes. It's everything just needs to be replaced by something else to get out of the news cycle. Right. So, um, so there you go. There's sports. Anything else before we, no, that's a good sports section. So much for a short podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, uh, we'll breeze through number two though, which is our fan driven segment. All righty, so we got two questions from the fans today. Uh, the first one I'm going to mostly leave to you because I am one episode behind mm-hmm. on uh, the new Game of Thrones. I haven't watched the one that aired this past Sunday, uh, but uh, Murph writes in the question, Team Alicent or Team Rhaenyra? So I'm going to let you kick it off, and then I will comment additionally on it because I'd rather you lead off having the full knowledge of of what happened in the most recent episode, but also generally avoid avoiding specific spoilers like we usually do. I will try to avoid spoilers. Although at this point, truly, there are so many names and so many lineages (laughs) and they keep jumping timelines that I really don't think I could connect the dots and spoil something beyond like the main characters. Yeah. Um, That being said, Team Ellison or Team Rhaenyra? Murph, it's a great question. This, they literally, every other episode, I like one, hate the other, like like the other, hate this one. Like I I don't, I truly don't think I like either of them more than the other. Mm-hmm. Two episodes ago, yeah, I'm Team Rhaenyra. Let's go. She's yeah. kind of making moves, starting to come into her own. Yeah. Last episode, I think I'm Team Allison. You know, sometimes really? okay. you, yeah. So I think they they do a good job of not actually maybe a bad job because I'm not loving this season to be honest. But mm-hmm. I don't know who the good guy is, who the bad guy is. Like I don't really, <laughs> you know, I don't really care. Yeah. I don't know why the characters care that much. Like. Yeah, there's drama that they're still talking about clearly six to 10 years ago of drama because they do these jumps and I'm supposed to believe that it's still just as painful that X, Y, or Z happened and you're still like, like, maybe you're holding a grudge, but yeah, you're, you're literally a different person in the show now. Like you are a different human being. You've been recast. So (laughs) yeah. um, So I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's a, that's a long no non-answer but i think if i had to pick team rhaenyra mainly because i'm going to be a targaryen for uh, halloween there you go you got it you got to be consistent right yes um my my answer will be short um because i haven't watched the most recent episode so i am curious to see if i have the same experience as you flipping maybe back to team allison in this new episode Mm -hmm. uh as of the prior the 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 one i've most recently watched i'm with you i was team rhaenyra in that episode for sure i didn't really like kind of allison's whole reaction to like you know, everything that went down with the kids in that episode and everything. But um, I, I just a, a quick note on your other point. I think it has been a little bit distracting in this season or series so far about the time jumps and the, the, the recasting and stuff. It's like it's a little Game of Thrones never had to challenge, do that in, in their main run because they, yeah. like we said, had so many storylines uh, in different places. Right. And now they've got everything in one place and like they're needing to progress the storyline with jumps yeah. of years. And it's like, I think it's, it's having some collateral damage there with like, okay, who is that again? Like they yeah. look different. Do I feel the same connection to that character anymore? Like it's a different actor. Right. Right. And this it's technically, like a, and it's all the yeah. same drama. It's all the same drama. Like it's all about yeah. the same thing. There's not like right. three or four different like dramas or family things going on. It's all the right. same string. 
with different characters. And so it's, and, and with, with your separation and like, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's a little, so anyway, a little, a little yeah. jumbled. Yeah. So a little bit of a toss up, but good question and something to probably, you know, revisit, but you know, toward the end of the season. Oh yeah. Um, so thank you Murph for that question. And then unfortunately got one more, yeah. uh, we're going to talk about BC football a little bit, but it's a good question yes. uh, from Rob who asks the best and worst BC starting quarterback since 2009. So he also uh, adds and, and, and lots wrote, of competition yeah. for worst, which we yes, agree and that is, yeah, definitely true. Uh, lots of competition for the worst. So, um, do you have an instant answer first? Of all? I do. I have, I have okay, all, perfect. I have actually three answers for this. Yeah. So I've got my best and worst. I've got my best on field, best off field and worst overall mm-hmm. best on field. Tyler Murphy. I think Tyler we, Murphy, we had yeah. one year of Tyler Murphy, the Tyler, the blur Murphy, he was unlike any quarterback Boston College has ever had. We we almost ran a, a half wildcat mm-hmm. offense. We just were dynamic. We were fun. We had explosive plays, mm-hmm. and we were actually good that year. Like we had a, we had a, a decent year, won some good games. So I think Tyler Murphy. I think he was a transfer from Florida. Is that right? Yes. UF. Yeah. Um, we only had him for one year. Yep. But man, was it a fun year. So that he's mm-hmm. my best on field. Um, best off field, best locker room guy uh, since two thousand nine. Dave Shinsky. <laughs> Gotta go. Good old Uncle Dave. There you go. Uh, so Dave Shinsky, for those who don't know, I think he was like 25 or 26 when he came to BC as a freshman. He had yeah. played minor league baseball for a few years and he showed up as a freshman at BC literally with a full beard drinking beers at, at, while everyone else is like 17, 18, like little <laughs> freshmen. Um, so they called him Uncle Dave. And he actually was... Uh, he was fun. He was nice. Uh, I remember like seeing him around and like he, he engaged, he wasn't like an asshole, um, mediocre quarterback, but yeah, uh, those are my, yeah, my just, two best. Yeah. Just, you want, just you want to go the, best first? Uh, I, so I will, I do just want to add a note on Dave Shinsky though, for the fans that, uh, obviously real OG BC fans know who Dave Shinsky is. Everybody else won't. So I just want to, I want to restress the part that Steve said about, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, kind of dabbled in minor league baseball before. So, what I'm about to tell you is prior prior to Dave Shinsky taking a snap for Boston College before becoming a college quarterback for BC, he played seven seasons of minor league baseball, <laughs> accumulated 162 games. He pitched in 162 minor league games, 336 innings pitched with a 461 ERA. Not not terrible no. in that regard. Struck out 224, gave up 26 homers. So this is like a this isn't like a you know, spent a couple weeks in the minors. This was yeah. a journeyman minor league pitcher. This is a second. Became, yeah, this is a second career for him. This this who, yes. Boston College was quarterback. He, yeah, his final minor league stint was in double A with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, and he was 25 years old at that time. And then he came right. to Boston College to become right. the quarterback. <laughs> like so, everyone else graduates at 21, <laughs> 22 years old. He yes. Came in as a Arrived freshman at, at 26. Yeah, 26. Yeah. <laughs> Left at 30. So, <laughs> yeah. so there you go. That's a great pick. Um, so uh, so I, I, just in the interest of being different from you, I'm not going to pick Tyler Murphy, but I think Tyler Murphy is a great pick. And uh, the, I'll, I'll just cite the, the, the longevity of only having one season of him as why I won't pick him. But he was the most electric quarterback that BC's had in this time frame, I think, for yeah. sure. Um if not for this season, it, Phil Dracovic was in pole position to be the answer to this question. He was yeah. obviously the best quarterback BC's had, but he's having a bad year this year and making you question everything else. I'm going to go with Anthony Brown. Wow. Um, like, Respect. 
Anthony Brown, like, like, so I just looked this back up, you know, Anthony Brown, for instance, was our quarterback when we had that, we got up to number 17 in the rankings, hosted college game day against Clemson. BC was yep. seven and two going into that game. I look at Anthony Brown's stats for his career, 40 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, like on a BC scale, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, you know, just led some, some pretty good teams. BC was seven and five every year, right? Like, I mean, I know that, and that was with Steve Adazio ruining well, most of our games, yeah. right? And then Anthony Brown goes to Oregon and lights it up. So, like, uh, you know, I, for one year, I, I'm going to go with Anthony Brown there. Um, yeah, worst quarterback, worst quarterback. Um, I'm Ready just looking down the list. I mean, uh, oh, did you already give your worst? No, but I've got oh, okay, it ready yeah, to go. No, you, you, you can go first then. It's Troy Flutie. It's, it's got to be Troy Flutie. Troy Flutie. I mean, Which, yeah. <laughs> whoever was the quarterback, literally no matter who it was, whoever was the quarterback when we lost 3-0 to Wake Forest. So that was a combination of quarterbacks. But yes, it was Jeff Smith and Troy Flutie. And I think Troy, Troy Flutie, Flutie got most of the snaps that game. They um, both go down in history as my, the two my two least favorite <laughs> players of all time. I, I yeah, that that yeah. game still haunts me to this day. It is the worst game that we've ever, ever played. Seen, probably like, and yeah. I'm not, not. This is not a, a homerism. I think it was yeah. probably the worst football game ever played. Truly, might have been, especially yeah, given how it ended. If you haven't seen yeah. it, go look it up. The the yeah. re, the recap of Boston College losing to Wake three zero. Yep. In 2015, just the worst. Objectively, the worst football ever played. Yeah. So Jeff Smith, Troy Flutie, yes, they are my fully my agree. Fully agree bearer. with that. Um, I, I honestly have to go with Troy Flutie as well. But an honorable mention, I will toss out on the disappointment scale. I'm going to toss Patrick Tolles into the equation. <laughs> um, nice. Patrick Tolles was a huge disappointment. Everyone thought he was going to he was going to light it up for us. So I'll go with him. So nice. So there you go. There's your best and worst BC since 09. Hopefully that wasn't too depressing. So. <laughs> Uh oh, Derek. Oh, no. oh, geez. Uh oh, Derek. Oh no. What is this? I think we have. I think we have a new segment. Oh, I think boy. we have a new segment. <laughs> Derek, this is hater alert. I am a <laughs> hater, and I'm about to rant because I hate Let's this thing it. so much. Let's I had it. to create a new segment for it. Derek, Moby Dick sucks. Have you read Moby Dick, Derek? I have not. No. Good. Don't. If you read Moby Dick and like it, liked it. You are you are trying too hard. You want people to think you're smart. Moby Dick is objectively one of the worst books I've ever read. Here are the reasons why. One, it's a billion pages. It's it's a, it's literally one billion pages long. Two, it is an encyclopedia about whales. There is so little storyline. It is just like reading a whale dictionary. It's terrible. It's in ye old English, so it's you can barely understand it, and it's it's not a classic it's just written a long time ago that's all it is there's barely any, any story no character development and i get it it's a metaphor chasing the white whale oh blah 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 it sucks i've and you know me i am not a, a do not finish guy i will yeah, do anything yeah. to not dnf a book but this is brutal i i Moby Dick is a terrible book, and I and I was afraid to do this for a while. I was like, oh, if you don't like a classic, you're like uncultured, you don't get it. No. Moby Dick is terrible. Take it off the classics list. Stop saying it's good. Stop talking about it. Stop mentioning it in pop culture. Get it out of here, because it's terrible, and no one should read it. So, burn it. I'm not a Boom. ban it. How about that? <laughs> We're banning books. Ban Moby ban, Dick. Not, not only remove it, but ban the book. Ban Moby ah. Dick. 
I'm down. I'm down. Yes. I like Stupid. it. There you go. Ahab and his white whale. I'm out. <laughs> out. That's right. my hater corner. That that was that was a my, the first hater and, alert. Concise and passionate hater alert. I've that, been holding that, that in that for a long is. time. That's the that's the beauty of that segment is that that segment will probably never take more than two minutes, and it's going to be let it rip. It's going to be fiery and quick, and it's going to be it's going to be from only the heart. The truth, only the truth yeah. from the heart. Yeah, from the heart. So there you Moby go. Dick sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's a hater alert. Um, what is that sound? Uh oh, Derek. Uh oh, what's <laughs> what is that this? sound? Uh oh, I think we got a new segment. <laughs> what, is that what a is reverse it? alarm? Is that oh, a re- <laughs> is that a reverse, a reverse hater alert? Wow, yes, a reverse. Okay, yeah. all right, reverse Let's hater alert, Derek. <laughs> um, all right, we're doing this because it just fell on the same day. But I hated Moby Dick, and I used to hate this thing. And I think you used to hate this thing yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And so this is a reverse hater alert for both of us. New segment, two new segments. This one will be something we used to hate, but now don't hate. But we, um, we are proclaiming we were wrong, or or that we pro- no doesn't mean we were wrong at the time no. necessarily. Oh, we were right at I'm the not, time for sure. I'm not saying this is. I'm not passing judgment on this particular one. In general, a reverse hater means like we have now come around to saying I don't hate this anymore. I, I have revoked my hate. Correct. Hatred revoked. Yes. Reverse hater alert. On Manti Teo. Yeah. Derek, tell people who Manti Teo is. He, so Manti Teo, uh, Notre Dame superstar linebacker from like 2011 ish, like 2010, 11, yeah, that time 12, frame. Yeah, 11, yeah. Um, and just like, you know, constantly, you know, the face of college football during during his years at Notre Dame, gigantic rival of ours. We're, we're not Notre Dame fans, right? And was just sort of more like the media darling, right? The Heisman finalist as a defense defensive player, you know, all the beat out kind Luke of Keekly, you know, beat Luke Keekly in that in some of those awards and stuff. Um, went to the NFL, was like very, um, uh, you know, the 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 news cycle kind of bashed him at the time for the revelations of like the the whole like fake girlfriend thing and like what was yes. going on with that. And so, so this is the context of where the reverse hater comes from. Yes, he he got discovered. It was a huge thing when it it was found out after he played an entire season dedicated to his dead girlfriend. His girlfriend passed away yeah. before the season. Dedicated his um, season to her. Uh, huge news story that this the best player in the country lost his girlfriend and now is playing at this unbelievably high level. Found out halfway through the season or towards the end of the season, his girlfriend was fake. Not even not dead. Fake didn't exist, yeah, right? So we rightfully took that and ran with it as haters yeah. do, you know. So, <laughs> so we we hated him. I was really mean to him online. I'm sure I was. I apologize for that. Um, but this new documentary <laughs> came out on Netflix. I've seen both parts. You have not. Yeah, I, think I haven't seen called, part two yet. But yeah, what's the name uh, of it? It's Untold. It's like Untold something. It's like a series of. Um, it's a series of sports-related documentaries. The girlfriend yeah, who didn't untold. exist. Yeah. yeah. So untold. The girlfriend who didn't exist. Um, it's about Manti Teo and how he he was basically the original catfish. You know, like yeah. people didn't know yeah. what catfishing was early on in the internet, and he was one of the first people to get catfished, and he got mm-hmm. he got got my he got man really the, catfish. Yeah. He got really catfished. Yeah. Catfished to a point where things were happening where I was like, I, I am sorry to Manti Teo. Yeah. I would have fallen for this. He was yeah. he was skeptical the entire time, and this person was still doing the right things. Things yeah, that were right. 
and I won't give anything away because there's big revelations, but yeah, things that shouldn't have been able, this person shouldn't have been able to do. Yeah. Right. They were doing to convince Manti Teo. So yeah. it's a wild story. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. I, I feel bad that I was mean to him. I didn't know the full story. <laughs> so now I know <laughs> the full go. story. Reverse and, hater. And I have reversed my hatred. <laughs> you gotta you finish go. it. So, it's not the second half. I know, half's I, know not I, as good, I do. But. Yeah, yeah. The the first half is from what I saw and heard. Most of like the bombshell stuff is in the first half, but the yeah. second half I still do want to watch it. So, hmm. so yeah. There you go. Reverse hater to follow up the hater. So there you go. Two two quick new ones there. Yeah. So, um, two more quick topics before we get to the final drive. Uh, first one: only murders in the building. We talked about this last episode. Um, I did finish it now at this point, the second season. I, did too. I know that you're on as well, or you finished it as well. What are your thoughts? Loved it. I phenomenal. Exactly. I put it back on. I know we've talked about it here and I just want yeah. to put it back on to say everyone should watch it. It's phenomenal. It's unique. Yeah. It's fun. It's quirky. And this, the finale of the second season is good. Like it's hard to yeah. do murder mysteries. Well, especially a follow up, like a second season. Yeah. Spectacular. Just, yeah. Well done all around. Not only I can't not only to do them well, but to do them with the comedic like you know threads throughout the show that there are. Totally. You know, it's like it's just it's really really well done. So yeah. So if you're um, looking for a show, we can now both of us confirm that two seasons yes. of Only Murders in the Building are very good. And I think there's going to be. I'm a third. sad. Is that right? There is. It. I mean, yeah. they definitely set it up like there was. Right. right. I believe um, there will be. But I'm sad. It's like one of the shows. I'm sad that I finished. Yeah. This season you got Now I. Have, it's over. I want to yeah, watch more. Right. Right. Um, so there you go. There's another plug for only murders. And then last you know, we got to do it, Derek. You got to do it. We got to do, do it. it. <laughs> Taco Bell news. Um, all right. This is gonna be a quick one. Uh, we don't have many, uh, much Taco Bell news, Yep. Uh, but the Enchirito is back. The Enchirito right. was a, it, it's basically Taco Bell's version of the enchilada, which is a, yep. a burrito covered in sauce in like a, on a plate. Yep. Um, it was on the menu from 1970 to 2013. So it was a, a classic. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a staple. And then mysteriously disappeared for nine years. Mm-hmm. And now it was part of um, on the app. Apparently, you can vote things back, mm-hmm. like bring things back from the dead. Great idea. Um, it, isn't that a great idea? Yeah. yeah. And I think let, Mexican let pizza was one it. of them. Yeah. Like, so Mexican pizza came back for a bit. And now the Enchirito yep. was voted back by the fans. Wow. Um, not sure exactly when it's coming back, but it is it is on the list for 2022. The Entrito is back, thanks to the fans. Give the people what they want. Give the people what they go. want. That's all. That's all you need to do. That's all. That's all you got. It's literally all you need to do. So. Good marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There is your Taco Bell news. So <laughs> um, brings us to the final drive. You want to go first? Or you want to go second? I want to go second, Derek. Second. All right, I'll go first. Uh, so this past weekend, uh, first of all, aside to this one, quick shout out to Catherine was her birthday on Thursday hey, last week. So happy, happy belated that you can all wish her there. Uh, part of what we did for her birthday over the weekend on Friday, we went to Laugh Boston. Steve, did you ever go to Laugh Boston when you lived here? Is that not the one in North End, is it? No, uh, no, it's in Seaport. It's like you might be able to walk there from North End. Oh, I know you're, no, you're I thinking of one, improv, improv asylum. Impro- yes, correct. is is in the North End. So, uh, Laugh Boston, another comedy club. It's like attached to the like the Westin Hotel in Seaport. It's like on that. Hmm. It's like it's like the main entrance is actually inside the hotel. Like so, it's kind of odd a little bit. But interesting. Um, we went there and we saw Dan Cummins, who's a comedian who I hadn't heard of, but uh, he was actually very funny and it was a good show. Um, so just a little plug for Laugh Boston. Great little venue. 
like you know i don't go to like comedy clubs often right like and this yeah. is a place that is only a comedy club like it's not like a dual purpose thing like it's called laugh boston yeah. um but it was a really nice setup you know like like good good seating good you know like easy access to drinks and stuff uh and good you know comedians the opener and then uh dan cummins being the main event uh good stuff so a little plug for laugh boston if you're in the boston area and looking for a fun thing to do i would give a recommendation to that so there you go all right there's my final drive throwing it back yep um my final drive is an update on my new year's resolution and i know there we um, go Derek, I know where you stand on yours. I still have not read the portion you've given me. That is okay. Um, I, I can I, I can it. disclaimer like I don't think I'm going to meet the resolution this year, but it's an ongoing thing. So the resolution is going to still be in progress. Gotcha. Derek's writing a book. Um, yes. That, if you didn't know, so mine yes. was run 250 miles. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, I'm I'm doing it. That's almost I'm, 10 I'm, marathons. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. When you talk when you say it like that, it's great. Yeah. Um, so I am at 153 miles for the year. All right. So right. over halfway. Yep. Plenty of time left. Three months left for 100 miles, about a little under 10 per week. Yep. The thing is, I, I do other workouts. Like I, I like playing tennis yeah. and pickleball and, and, and spin class right. and blah, blah, blah. So towards the end, I'm going to have to just like suck it up and, and yeah. do running as my workout every day, which is kind of the point of this stupid New Year's resolution. But <laughs> the fact that I'm still doing it, who's yeah. still doing their New Year's resolution? Basically, you know? no one. Basically yeah. no one. So here we are at there 153 miles in, less than 100 miles. Love it. Love it. Yeah. There you go. That is some dedication. And you're going to get there. You're going to get there. See, I know. You, you probably already, if you if you had some wearable that could track your actual miles run, I bet you you'd already passed it with, with your totally. pickleball and all the other stuff. Totally would have oh, already 1,000 percent. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's, that's it's not what the, the resolution run. was. It's, the resolution's yeah. because I actually don't like running. Right, it's not right. that I don't do movements enough yeah. to reach 250. Right. right. It's that right. I need to do the thing I don't it's like. the actual running thing. Yeah, yeah, right. So there you go. So 100 miles left or 97 miles left. So there you go. Yeah, thanks, you, man. You can get that. So that'll do it for episode 165. Thanks to Rob and Murph for your questions and uh, everybody for listening. And... I think that's going to be it. We'll see you next time for episode 166. Later day.